As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson, and I'm alongside, as always... Casey Clap. Mr. Clacy. Sometimes I accidentally call you Clacy Cap. Clacy Cap? Mm-hmm. You know, I was looking at our podcast the other day on Spotify, oh. uh, which if you're listening to this on Spotify, get off and listen to it on any other app. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. please stay uh, if you have no other alternatives. But Having I was said that, anchor.fm to get your podcast <laughs> journey started. Yeah, there you go. Listen, listen in for more information about halfway through. <laughs> um, the uh, So uh, what, I'm, what I'm thinking, what I'm saying right now mm-hmm. is... Uh, I was looking up us on anchor. Okay. And I, I think I was just listening to an episode cause I needed a, uh, I needed to get my story straight. Like on Spotify. Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, Oh, I think I know what answer this is, uh, to a question I was coming up with Alex. More on that later. And I ended up, um, listening and looked us up and I was just kind of listening in and I looked down and I realized that it said, Casey, a podcast about trees from Alex Croson and Casey Clapp, but spelled my name with one P. <sighs> and I was like, oh my God, did we get autocorrected somewhere? Wow. Like years ago when we first started this yeah. and then we just never caught it. We didn't. I, I pressed the button and it was like, release the rest of the the like the the hidden information and yeah. it was spelled correctly funny for those of you who are interested my last name is spelled with two p's that's right casey as we do every week this week we're talking about a t- wait a second alex i'm glad you stopped or am i glad you stopped now usually i would say this week we're talking about a tree yes but this week we are not really talking about a tree that's true and you know what you know what i was questioned uh when i made this editorial decision you and i made it uh, i think technically yeah we don't consult with a team or anything we don't we don't but when i consulted with you know at least one other person the response was oh you guys getting desperate (laughs) i was like wow burn was that super burn it was (laughs) So here's the thing. Uh, no, first off, we're not getting desperate. No, so we have plenty of up. trees. We shut up. <laughs> Why don't you back off? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, Anna. I didn't mean that. That was rude. It is. This is. I. So here's my. Here's the. Here's the question that we're going to start out with. Is this more tree than bamboo? Mm. This 
being the saguaro cactus. Yes, today we're talking about the saguaro ta- cactus. Ah, uh, the saguaro cactus. The saguaro ta- tax man. The saguaro taxus. We're talking about the saguaro cactus today. Yeah. It is not technically a tree. Here is what you and I talked about uh, to justify our editorial decision here. Yeah. Which, to be very clear, we don't have to justify to anyone. No. We decided... Uh, here's, here's my, here's, here's what I brought up. Here's how I conceptualized it. You go down to Arizona and there is a national forest inside that national forest are almost no trees. There's only saguaro cactus. Now you put trees in quotes, but I don't think it should be in quotes. There are no trees. There are no trees. There are only saguaro cactus, which are not trees in, I think almost any technical sense that we can argue. Yeah, I think that's safe. But I was talking to another friend uh, who is a plant person. It's Sean Hogan with uh, Cystis Nursery. Um, and uh, his partner, Preston, we were all three discussing for a second, like, what exactly is a tree? And we talked about palm, palm trees. And he was like, yeah, it's arborescent, isn't it? That was all, that was the only thing arborescent. he said. Yeah. So, are you familiar with the term? I can glean what it says. Yeah, it means. it's tree-like. You yeah, know? and there are certain plants that are arborescent, but all, they're not really trees. Like there's, you know, rhododendrons that grow to forty feet tall. There are, um, there's a, an arborescent version of like a tomato. It's in the same genus as really? tomatoes. Yeah. But it just grows like kind of as a, a woodyish uh, annual plant, you know? Yeah, I think this comes back to, we've talked about before, I think with the catalpa, tree as technique or tree as strategy. Yes, exactly. Like a tree is a strategy of growth. Yeah. Because um, there are there are plants in the same family or genus or whatever with you know, there's like a tree and a vine, right? Yeah, exactly. Just two yeah. different species that two, two, took two different strategies and a tree is one of them. So I think calling, yeah. I honestly think that we should be a little more lax with our with our definition of the word tree. Right. Um, I don't even think we should put it in air quotes necessarily. Whoa, we're coming back. We're, we're taking away even the air quotes now. I personally would call the saguaro cactus a tree. I, I am happy you said so, Alex, because we're going to be covering it on our show, completely arbitrary. And that's why. Casey, let's imagine that you and I, like every episode, are walking through uh, the desert, say, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Good old Arizona, huh? Hey, that sounds like a good deal to me. And we come across some saguaro cacti? Uh, yes, cacti, cactuses also is apparently an acceptable plural. It's cactus? Cactus I. Or, uh, I'm sorry. Cactuses. cactuses. Yes. I, I, it sounds like one of those words that could be plural on its own, like cactus mm, is yeah, plural. Like deer, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Moose. Well, let's say that we, we come across a bunch of cactus, saguaro style. Yeah. Let's ID this tree. Well, so the big thing that you noted is the desert. We, if we are finding the uh, saguaro cactus, yeah. it will be in the Sonoran Desert. Wow. Now, you remember uh, the last time we did a uh, an alternative tree, mm-hmm. it was the Joshua tree. Okay, technically it wasn't the very last one we did, but that was only growing in the Mojave Desert. Okay, yes. And remember, we have those like... Four different massive deserts in the Southwest. A game of deserts. Exactly. And they only will have certain things growing. 
in certain places. For instance, as you go further east into New Mexico, all of the cacti from the Sonoran Desert kind of stop. They just mm. become a different kind of plant altogether. Okay. They just don't live there. So in this case, we're walking through the Sonoran Desert, and the very first thing, of course, that we're going to see are these gigantic pillar-like monoliths coming out of the ground yeah. in a way that looks like if you if you weren't used to it because they're such an iconic plant in the southwest you would be like what is that mm. they look like weird fungus kind of things coming up like they just look like you know fingers coming out of the ground or something remember dead man's fingers yeah, the fungus I, I do yeah what a weird world huh it is it's a weird world and they are they are what make it a weird world so the big thing to to note is, first off, the scientific name is Carnegia gigantea. Of course, okay. uh, do you recognize that uh, genus name? Well, Carnegia. Carnegie. Yeah, that's it. This is Carnegie Hall. It is the Carnegie Hall the of things. Yeah, it turns out that the uh, saguaro cactus is named after uh, the Carnegie name. I don't. I think it might be the guy. Was it Andrew Carnegie? I think initially. Mm. Um, oh, it is. I think that's. I was making a joke. Oh my god! Yeah, but it was a real life thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Art imitates life. Art imitates life. Art imitates life. <laughs> Alex just fell off a boat. <laughs> we were, off a really uh, yeah, high boat. It's a very high boat. It's like Titanic size. Uh, yes, actually, Alex, you're, you're completely right. All right. Fantastic. So initially, it is, um, uh, I think, Andrew Carnegie, what was he? The, the He was the robber baron that had steel? Did he do steel? I don't fucking know. Uh, they named it after him because uh, he actually started an institute, which is kind of one of those ironies, uh, and put a lot of money into like research down in this area and into different things. So he just said, yeah, the Carnegie Institute. This is hmm. a, a learning nonprofit to do all sorts of stuff. And I think they're still around today. I think some of them, I think, I'm not sure if it's the same place, but on NPR, I hear often the Carnegie Institute. And I'm like, is that the Carnegie Institute? Interesting. Is it the same one? I don't know. Maybe that's how the family pronounces it. Yeah, right. Just to be a little, little, little uh, 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 oh, I'm sorry. It's pronounced Klopp. Thank you. <laughs> so the tree is named after, uh, after this old robber baron guy. Got it. And it is a monotypic genus, which means that there's no other species in this genus. It's wow. The one. So other species that we've covered that are like that, the umbrella pine, cryptomeria, both mm -hmm. of those. Uh, I don't, well, we haven't covered cryptomeria. It's on the docket though. Everyone get excited. Wow. Um, so those, uh, it, there's uh, one species and that's what that means. So it is, it's so iconic, but it only grows in this one small little area, but it's so iconic because it's so huge. It is huge in every way you can imagine, Alex. Politically? Co politically, culturally, mm -hmm. metaphorically, metaphysically. It's big in the metaverse, for sure. Like, it's all over the place. Physically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably it, the biggest one. It is the single largest cactus in North America. Wow, okay. Yeah. Now, a real quick little aside. Uh, what exactly does it mean to be a cactus, Alex? Do you have any idea? 
Oh, what a question. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you, you, you sound like you approached it. It was like, what does it mean to be a human? Alex? I know that's kind of how I heard it. <laughs> uh, I guess I don't really know. It's not a grass. Yes, correct. It's a succulent. It's like a plant. Yes. You're right on both those last accounts. Okay, it's a yeah. succulent and it is a plant. Yeah. So, uh, the the thing that sets a succulent apart is that a succulent has succulent parts, uh, yeah. whether that's a stem or foliage or something else. Squishy. Yeah, exactly. It's squishy and it's designed and uh, adapted to basically fill and hold water. Right. That's the big thing. Aloe is a great example. Anything that is in the Crassulaceae family, which is uh, the uh, jade family and things like that, Mm -hmm. where they have those big, thick uh, leaves and stems. If you break them open, they have like that gooey kind of jello stuff. Yeah. That's essentially the mesophyll, which is the the space in between the, the top and bottom of a leaf that fills up with water so that the plant can last a really long time in really intense droughts. So every plant has that part. Well, or every tr- and maybe every leaf has oh, that part. The mesophyll. Yeah. Yes, but they correct. don't all fill up with water like yeah, succulents. Do. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So think of an oak leaf or a maple or anything anything normal. In fact, almost every conifer, almost every plant you can think of is adapted to a space that usually gets a lot of water. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes, even if they are adapted to an arid environment, they don't become succulent. They just have some other adaptation that makes them live, grasses, uh, sages, these kinds of things. But for succulents, they have these big parts. And the thing that sets a succulent and a cactus apart is that the cactus has lost its leaves. Okay. Now, not not all of them, most of them, or sometimes they can have like really strange leaves or certain do uh, kinds of things, but they have lost their true leaves. Most of them have. Some don't, or some, like I said, still have some. Um, and what they have grown instead is these really intense spines. Yeah. The spines of a cactus are technically modified mm. leaves. I thought they might be. Yeah, you're like, I can feel where this is yeah. going. So many things are modified leaves. Yeah, exactly. Most things are. It's just kind of like the thing. In fact, if you like really go back in time, like a modified cone scale is a modified leaf. You right. Know? So it's like you could go back long enough and everything kind of becomes that. But hmm. it's a little bit of a pedantic idea to be like, well, we're all just sludge, man, if you go back far enough. It's yeah, like, okay, I get it's it. Annoying. I get it. Thank you. Um, but they come off of these little things called areoles, which hmm. are just like miniature tiny branches. They are not nipples. <laughs> Casey saw my facial reaction. <laughs> it was. You're like, I've heard this term before. <laughs> yeah, areolas. That's A R E O L E S. Okay. So areoles, areoles. Uh, I Not don't think areola, areola is yeah. in that that uh, that term. It's too bad. It is. It's too bad. But honestly, you know, if you uh, if you like, give a quick Google that and take a look at it, it. It is the same kind of thing where it's just this little tiny circular point. Yeah. Where all of the all the spikes come from. Let's see. Every areola that I've seen has been covered in spikes. <laughs> so I know you call nipples spikes. This I, is one I thing do. weird about Casey. I know. 
Ooh, I don't my, tell a lot of people My this. spikes are sensitive yeah, today. really sensitive. I Man. went for a run and my spikes were rubbing up against my shirt. <laughs> I hugged someone and my spikes made them bleed. <laughs> <laughs> That's really weird. <laughs> okay, I think there's definitely something there, Casey. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we, exciting. Hey, whenever you guys get the chance, start sending in the Areolus uh, fan art. What I'm picturing is a cactus just covered in nipples. Yeah, wow. Oh, there yeah. is some Let's ceramic <laughs> artist out there making that, Casey, you know. I want to see it. And then and then we have to have it have eyeballs and everything. That'll really set this into a whole nother like, yeah. stage of uh, surrealism. And arms and legs. That, Alex, but I'm glad you brought like this up. But it's also like a human woman instead of a cactus. <laughs> Send us those pictures. <laughs> just a human person of any kind with just spikes sticking out of their breasts. <laughs> This has gotten to be a very lowbrow podcast. This is what happens when we don't talk about a real tree. (laughs) Yeah, we just talk about how that anatomically makes Mm -hmm. us think of, you know, porn all the time. All stakes are off. (laughs) That's true. Oh, but you know what, Alex? This isn't too far afield because the thing that sets uh, this into its, uh, not, I mean, it's already in a category of its own. Yeah. But one of the things that make it the most, uh, like, identifiable of all cactus is that they have in fact arms just the same as they have clearly areolas that's right casey this is this is a cactus is a perfect even more so than a flower is a perfect character like background costume for like a children's play oh yeah all totally. they have to do is raise their arms like <laughs> this a little off kilter a little off they can't be exactly straight up and down like that's like uh like the uh, an upright in football or rugby or something yes yeah, yeah. This is just a little bit a little down. bit off yeah. sided totally and i will say these arms they have sort of the the pattern of like the quote bark on these yeah is like it reminds me of a little baby's chubby arms, you know, oh, that have yeah. little, little rings of fat. Totally, I know exactly. Um, what you mean. I just love looking at it. Well, and but and that's like it's the, the other thing, you know. You can have something that's iconic in its own right, but also something that's iconic to like look at all the time, you know. Like it's really, it's kind of it hits both really hard. It's so nostalgic. The look of a saguaro yeah. cactus is really nostalgic for me. For I think some it's. Reason. I think it feels nostalgic also for Americana in kind of a broader sense. Yeah, because they have like the old route. Uh, what was the the one that Elvis always talked about and all the swooners? Route sixty six. Yeah, Route sixty six. Apologies. Mm. Uh, yeah, because like that would be. What was it? That was from what? It was it Chicago or New York all the way down to I think Phoenix or Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, I don't know. That was that was the the classic Route sixty six. Okay, and it was like known, and everyone would go from the north to the south. Like it, you very rarely had someone be like, "Oh, Route sixty six, we're going to Chicago." Right. You're always going south, like this this uh, this land of of the cactus, and so you'd always see this like uh, south southwestern kind of uh, I don't know appeal or uh, what's the thing I'm looking for aesthetic. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, and yeah, so they are. I think they they are just iconic. All about it. They also kind of, I, I for me, I think specifically, it reminds me of a cowboy Playmobil set I had when I was a kid. Oh, so there's a whole personal nostalgia, yeah. here, nostalgia here too. And I very specifically remember this little cactus that I loved yeah. so much. Well, now we can just talk about it for a full hour, Alex. <laughs> so, so identifying this, other than the fact that when you walk up, you're like, <laughs> duh. I it doesn't it. need much yeah. identification. But you know what? Let's talk about it anyway, because it's kind of interesting how these little things grow. Of course. 
So the big thing is, of course, it has a central stem that just pops up. And it comes from a seed, just like any other uh, plant that is a that doesn't produce spores. It has seeds, and it grows those from flowers. It's an angiosperm. Okay. So this plant and uh, most cactuses, as we've noted, have no longer have true leaves. All of their photosynthetic work is now done inside the stem. So as you see that first stem coming up, most of that is all. Um, kind of fleshy tissue inside. Mm. Oh, good. And they have uh, a bunch of wooden, uh, they call them ribs, and they're essentially these like really interesting wooden kind of structures inside uh, that help support the weight and the the um, the structural stability of the whole plant is it like a skeleton really yeah like okay. honestly ribs and like if you if you ever see a dead saguaro cactus that falls on the ground yeah. it looks like a dead body like it has like this kind of decaying uh, flesh that falls away and leaves these ribs of just kind of this woody material really yeah and now they're not wood in the same sense where you th- you think of like a tree that grows right. outwards they're just woody exactly and there's also other uh, trees um, that will have wood that is also somewhat succulent. Um, mm. Like the baobabs are a great example where they also store a lot of water inside the, the wood of the plant and the tree will actively get bigger and smaller with how much water it's absorbing at any given point. Hey, I know how that goes. <laughs> right? I drink a lot of water today. I'm 600 pounds heavier. <laughs> the rains were really good. Be incredible. <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's what these these also do. But yeah, they just have these ribs that kind of hold them up. Okay. And when the the cactus dies, you can take those and actually build structures out of them, and you can lay them on top before using for fencing and wow. roof things like that. I had no idea. Yeah, turns out, and this of course have been a use of uh, of these plants for thousands of years. The the native peoples of the southwestern United States and northern Mexico are just famously resilient and experts of their area. Where you Mm. walk down, you're like, this is a desert. Like, how are people living in this desert? It was way more than living. It was thriving. Mm -hmm. Like, thousands and thousands of years with several different kinds of peoples and waves of people who came and went. The whole Southwest history is, is absolutely fascinating. And these trees are the same importance then as they, now as they were then. Yeah. And uh, to this day, when you're walking around, you cannot you cannot cut them down. You can't mess with them. That tracks. Yeah, you can barely even use the uh, the stuff afterwards. Like if you find a dead one and you're like, oh, I want to use these ribs to do something with. Yeah, you can't. The, really, you, you have to like get written permission that basically says this is this is already dead, and I'd like to use these. Then you can say yes because you can't cut them down. This is a plant that grows for easily over 150 years it will only put out those those arms that it's famous for Mm. after about 50 or 75 years so yeah it takes a long time to get out there now the reason that it would put out these new arms is to increase its fertility because the flowers come out only on the very 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 top not on the tip of the main stem yeah well on the tip of the main stem also yes okay. that's the primary place but then as soon as they put out a new arm yeah then the top of that arm can also flower got it so the more arms the more tops the more flowers because they only come out of those very tippy tops of the cactus got it and the flowers are unique in that they open 
nighttime. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's at dusk that they open up and they start showing off and they're full of nectar. They're very sweet. They're gorgeous flowers. If you get the opportunity to go just Google these or, of course, see them in real life, they're beautiful. They're just like gorgeous flowers. Is the nighttime thing like a protectant from the heat and sun? It is a little bit, but it's also more when is everything else going to be out? Oh, sure. Yeah. A so lot it's pollinizers. Pollinizers? Uh, pollinators. Yeah. <laughs> I was combining colonizer and pollination. Yeah. <laughs> this is the the pollinators who have colonized the area and now oh are, are creating this uh, can we, symbiotic Can we call it that now? Pollinization? Yeah. It's a pollinator. Wow. Poll- yeah. Pollinize. Yeah. Uh, um, so those those would be coming out at, at in the evening in the yes, night. Yes, exactly. So the so it opens up during the night to yep. take advantage of that. And most time. of the thing that uh, comes over it's actually bats. Bats are one of the biggest pollinators. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. They will they will fly over and they'll drink the nectar. Then they'll move to the next thing. They'll Hell drink yeah. the nectar, and then other birds that are out there either in the morning uh, will also do this. Hummingbirds, for example, mm. and of course any insect that's crawling around will also get it covered on top of them. Sure, but they're kind of these long tubes that come out, and then they just kind of unfurl open. They look like kind of a, a horn or something. If you then like put a feather duster in the horn, yeah, but then peel all the feathers back on the feather duster. You just have these uh, all these parts in the middle that have all the pollen and all the receivers of that pollen, the piston and the stamen right on the inside. You're like the Willy Wonka of plant analogies. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Thank what you. What a weird. That's a very good compliment, Alex. <laughs> what a weird image. I think, yeah, I, I really think that one day we should make like, uh, hire some expert company to just like listen to us and make infomercials on like what we say or not, mm. not infographics where they're just like listening. They're like, okay, he said this. Okay. Okay, and they just like pop it in there and they build the thing that we're we're making. Good luck to them. Yes, please. <laughs> Give us a call if you want to do an art project. <laughs> Casey, we have lots more to say about the saguaro cactus. We sure do, Alex. But it cannot happen before a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the saguaro cactus. Yes. A tree... I think so. I'm doing sort of like a, a impressed rich person in the 1800s ah, face. Ah, like, yes. Hmm. Interesting. Yes, a tree. Yes, a tree. Mm-hmm. An Andrew Carnegie, if you will. I will. Thank you. Because the scientific name, Carnegia Gigantia for That's our, right. our species today. Gigantic Carnegie. So uh, we talked a little bit about this tree lives over 150 years. It only starts branching after about 50 years and they get upwards of 50 feet tall. Wow. What? Incredible. Like huge. What about the diameter? The diameter. I've heard of some (laughs) that had a diameter at like, I think it said three feet. It said girth. It's one of the, it's, it's in the database of champion trees. So if you look up the champion tree of the saguaro cactus, it's in there. And it said it was like three feet in diameter. That's a huge cactus. It's huge. I can't even imagine that. No, I can't either. But I, I'm also like, that feels, I mean, 
I guess maybe that's three feet. I could see it. I can imagine it. But also but 50 feet tall. 50 feet tall. Yeah. I think the tallest was uh, 70 feet. Wow. That's so crazy. Yeah. Like it's it's just uh, incredible. Yeah. Here it is. Here it is right here. The largest known living saguaro in the United States, Maricopa County, Arizona, measures 13.8 meters tall, which is 45 feet, three inches and has a girth of 3.1 meters, which is 10 feet, 2 <gasps> inches. What? Now, let's just make sure. Let's just make Are sure. Are they talking say, circumference? I, I I've just, always known girth as diameter. but Yeah, that's what I always said, uh, what I always thought as well. It's a, a measurement around the middle of something, especially a person's waist. Okay. So, if it's a measurement around, I think that that should be defined as circumference yes okay so it's a circumference of 10 meters which means it's about uh or 10 feet which is about three or so feet just over three feet in diameter still which is the measurement going through the middle of it from one side of a circle to the other side right make sure we get that right the radius yeah as well that's only half yeah okay Anyway, I Alex, was just thinking enough. of other terms. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I learned uh, there's a cord. You know what a cord is in a circle? Oh, no. I know what a cord of wood is. Ah, the, this is a cord of uh, a measurement of a circle, which is a distance from one point to the other point on that circle, but not necessarily through the middle. If it goes through the middle, diameter. If it goes through not the middle, just from one side to the other mm. side, you know, like cutting off the bottom half or sure. something, the bottom like quarter. That is a cord. So a cord oh. could include the diameter, but the diameter is not necessarily a cord. <sighs> Actually, no. A diameter is certainly a cord. A cord is not necessarily a diameter. If we talk about geometry anymore, I'm going <laughs> to implode. It's, it's going to just... It needs to end. Uh. Okay. So here's why that is a little bit of a funny, a funny thing to say. Okay. So remember how we talked about these ribs of the saguaro and yeah. all these things? So those ribs on the outside, there's like an accordion-shaped uh, kind of surface yes. to it. So imagine just like a zigzag going all the way around the cactus. Almost like a serrated trunk. Yeah, exactly. In cross-section, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So if you are um, looking at it and you're measuring it at the height of the dry season, or maybe at the end of the dry season, then you will measure a smaller diameter than if you measured it in the middle of one of the monsoonal seasons. Because down in Arizona, they have monsoonal rains kind of hmm. twice a year in the winter and the spring, or in the summertime, rather. So they get, you know, every now and then a storm rolls through and does something, but they have like a lot of rain and then everything blooms and then it kind of goes dry again. Okay. So for our tree here today, if you measured it at a different time of year, the girth could be larger or smaller because the root system of this tree is right at the very top. It's right like in the first, most of them, four to six inches with like a tap root that kind of goes downward. Oh, it's top of the soil. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. For some reason, when you said that, even though I know this is insane, when you said that, I thought at the top of the tree. Oh, sorry. I was yeah. like, I've never seen that. Casey, that is absolutely crazy. <laughs> it's of aerial roots. Yeah. Like they, they just hang up there. That's it. So it's a really shallow root yeah. system. And that's because as soon as water hits, it wants to suck up as yeah. much as it can. And the diameter, even within a single rain, you can watch it almost like in time lapse go boop, 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 and get bigger because it wow. fills up and that accordion on the, the kind of outer tissue will just 
expand. Oh, it kind of fills out. It fills itself out because it fills itself with water and sucks it up into every single nook and cranny that it can possibly have water in. That's cool. That's how it does it. That's how it survives. So those little baby fat rolls. Yes. If it were if it were right after a rain, uh-huh. those might be like completely plush. Yeah, nearly flat. Okay. Like imagine imagine like the most obtuse triangle you could ever imagine. This is a real geometry yeah, episode. I'm not into it. Yeah, sorry, Alex. Gotta I'm, I'm going to skip this one. <laughs> yeah, uh, so it's essentially, uh, yeah, it becomes almost flat. Like That's, uh, as yeah. close to a perfect circle as you can get. That's very cool. Then in the dry season, it's it's almost like it's a serrated edge, like you said. Yeah, so, wow. It's, it's a fantastically well-adapted plant for this space. But because it's being, or it is so well-adapted, all the other plants around it have also adapted to it too. Okay. Just like the peoples, all the other things that live in this area are like immensely adapted to like the very given circumstances. So the spines on the saguaro are harsh. In fact, I had ridden my bike through this area a few different times. And whenever I have gone through and been like, sweet, saguaro cactus, this is, this is really great. And like cruising on a trail, mm-hmm. I have to every now and then like remember that if I fall, it's not just like I'm hitting a tree, which is like, oh, that sucks. You kind of hit a tree. It could go through me because some of these spines are like an inch long. Like it could legitimately cause me a huge amount of pain and anxiety. They are so pokey. I don't know how anything can like live with them, but it turns out that birds will actually go up to the very tippy top and peck holes into it, just like a a woodpecker would do on Mm -hmm. any other tree. And these birds will live inside there. There are woodpeckers that do this. Then other birds after that will fill those old holes when the initial bird leaves and they're called secondary cavity nesters. They fill those holes. They live in there. Uh, there are things that live in and around on the bottom. I'm sure if there's a shrike around, they would pull little lizards and things onto yeah. them. You can bet. Hawks will sit right on top of it and like look around and watch for different things to eat mm. and all these kinds of things. Because half the time, they're the tallest, most exposed thing in this entire ecosystem. Are there spines on the very top? Or oh, is it, yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. There's more spines up there than anything because it's kind of like, I, I imagine it unfurling almost, you know? Okay. Like, there's always kind of this growing tip that's moving up, and so as it moves up, things kind of unfurl outwards. That I mean, that sounds to me, I'm, I'm sort of imagining like a spruce branch, uh-huh. or, you know, or I got any conifer or maybe any, yeah, maybe... What am I trying to say? I'm not sure. You know, like the, the fresh growth comes out and the yeah. old growth moves down the branch. Uh, yes. Well, it doesn't move. Well, it's always, but I, I see what you're saying. Uh, I watched a movie yesterday. And I really like, can't <laughs> miss a beat with the tree guy. No, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. No. It's, uh, it is like that. I think that's a very fair kind of way to, to picture it. Okay. Now, the other thing that makes this like so unique. So, A, it's a, it's a gigantic part of this ecosystem. Mm-hmm. It also does a really fascinating thing that is an adaptation of most of the plants that live in an arid environment. And it's called cam. Have you ever heard of cam? <laughs> they were saying, the way you were, it was almost like a comedy setup. You were like, and it's called cannibalism. <laughs> It eats other saguaros. <laughs> CAM. CAM stands for Crassulacean 
acid metabolism. Well, obviously. I knew you had heard of it, I could have guessed I, that. I'm sorry. I should have I should have given the opportunity. Crassulacian. La- la- Crassulacian water metabolism? Acid metabolism. Acid metabolism. Yes. Otherwise known as CAM photosynthesis. C-A-M. What is that? This is... One of the coolest things that I've recently learned about. Wow. And I forgot about it entirely because not many trees in the traditional sense of what a tree is um, do this. In fact, I'm not sure that I can off the top of my head think of any. But of course, as I say on the show often, there's always an exception and someone's going to be like, oh, what about this one? So good. Send that over to me because I I know, but I'm admitting right now I'm waiting for that email. Okay. Um, So what that, (laughs) what this is, is... Let's talk about the traditional way of a plant. And I kind of want to, uh, we're in the thick of politics right now. So I kind of want to do like oh, a, yeah. like a conservative versus a liberal plant just because it sounds mm, fun. I don't think we should do that. <laughs> okay. uh, they, well, let's stick with traditional. I veto that idea. I, I like the idea of like some traditional, like old school plants. Like this is how we've done it for years. This is how we're going to do it. This is how you're going to do it. Or get out of my house. Right. And they're, but they're talking about photosynthesizing. The Suaro rolls in with, you know, his oat milk latte. Yeah. New age. And yeah. like like riding its bike and everything. Yeah. What are you doing living in the desert? Your leaves are. What did you do to your leaves? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so this is like the, the one semester of college, and it comes know. back. We we <laughs> we made the same joke leaves. last episode. I can't do it again. Yeah, oh, yeah, we can't do it. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Do we just make the same jokes over and over, Alex? Is that what we do? Casey, I've got uh, as the editor of these podcasts, I've got bad news for <laughs> oh, you. Shit. <laughs> All right, well, we'll we'll stop doing that. All right. We'll come up with some other funny thing. Yeah, maybe. Okay, Cam. Crassulation, crassulation, acid metabolism. Okay. Essentially, if you are a, uh, let's say, a normal plant. Yeah. You are metabolizing your photosynthesis process. You're doing this during your, during the daytime. So what you would do is the sun comes up and you put your leaves, uh, your leaves are out there. They're getting sunlight. Sunlight is bouncing photons off of different things in your chlorophyll. Then you're creating this energy currency of life called ATP. And then you are using that to then create a sugar and actually fix carbon into molecules that uh, we call sugars. And that is then stored somewhere else in the plant, and then you continue going. Your leaves have to open these little gates called stomata. Yeah. Those stomata are letting in carbon dioxide, letting out oxygen, but also water is escaping at the same time. So water is kind of constantly exiting whenever it can. It just kind of vaporizes and it's gone. Water, of course, in the desert is a really super important thing. If you are photosynthesizing in this normy way, you are losing a huge amount of water through these efficient but also like not efficient leaves. They're efficient in that they get a lot of photosynthesis very quickly. They're inefficient in that they lose a lot of water quickly. So you have to have a certain amount of balance for all these kinds of things, right? So if you are trying to live in the desert and you're saying, hey, I think there might be another way to do this then you might come up with something like crassulacean acid metabolism okay so as a so if, if i can yeah. recap oh please do there's a lot happening here uh, for me yeah personally yeah, yeah. i understand photosynthesis is tried and true tried and true along for trees 
for yeah, most plants. Oh, right. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking specifically about trees. Yes. The saguaro cactus comes along, which is very tree-like, mm-hmm. and says, this doesn't quite work for me. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate how the rest of you would think it's the perfect way to respirate. Yeah. Oh, no, photosynthesize, not photosynthesize. I can appreciate how the rest of you would find it the perfect way to make energy, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. But where I'm from, it's a little too risky. It's a little too risky. That's a great example. It's just I'm losing a little. I'm 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 getting. I'm losing more than I'm getting out of it. Yeah. So I have to find a new way. Exactly. And that's called ham. And that's called cam. Alex. And that's called spam. <laughs> so what they do. Instead of photosynthesizing during the daytime. Oh, here we go. They photosynthesize at night. Hell yeah. Now, so cool. It's the coolest. It's the coolest thing. And here's here's how it works. Okay. In a nutshell, there's all sorts of like little technical things that I'm going to skip straight over and just give you the give you the cliff notes. That's perfect. You are keeping your stomata closed during the entire day. Now, you've also taken your stomata and all your photosynthesizing capacity out of your leaves. So you've now minimized your surface area to be just that big main stem instead of having leaves out all over the place that's uh, essentially being more efficient in a different way for a different purpose. So you're photosynthesizing only on this big stem with kind of the minimum yet also a maximum amount of of area per the size that you can do. So you're, you're balanced in terms of how much photosynthetic surface you have and uh, minimize how much water is going to be lost because each surface that's photosynthesizing also has these stomata. Mm -hmm. So what happens is during the daytime, your stomata are closed. Then at night, you open up for gas exchange. So at night, when everything's a little bit cooler and the Mm. humidity is a little higher, the stomata are saying, everyone get in, get in, get in. And it pulls a bunch of carbon dioxide into your leaves or into your, your, your photosynthetic area. Then when the daytime <laughs> comes, it shuts that off. But the thing is, Alex, during the nighttime, you can't photosynthesize because you need those photons of light to bash that carbon dioxide apart and then put it into other different places. Okay. So what they end up doing is taking that carbon dioxide and dissolving it and storing it into an acid, which is called malic acid in this case. Is that malic malice? Oh, apple. Yeah, I guess no. It's not quite. I don't think. Okay. I don't think that's where it comes from. But I'm not sure. That's okay. a good question. So it puts it into this uh, this acid, and in terms of acids and like how that works, this makes total sense. Again, that's that technical part we're going to skip over. Yeah, we're not chemists. We're not chemists. Don't at us. <laughs> so it ends up storing it into this uh, this kind of acid that stores it inside the leaves and the, the mesophyll and the cells of the leaf. When the daylight comes back around, the stomatas close, like the gates keeping out the cold on hoth, and then the all the carbon that's now stored is slowly released back to carbon dioxide, which is then put into photosynthesis that's then bashed apart by the sunlight that then turns into sugars. Then nighttime comes again, those doors open back up, and then everything kind of exchanges and goes out. But wow. it's, all, it's all just stored in these drums 
for the time being. Then when night or when daytime comes, doors shut again, and then the drums are opened up, and they they use all the saved up acids, and then that's how it is. This thing's operating under the cover of darkness. It sure is. This is wacky. It is a crazy thing. Wow. There's someone they found out like how this works because some guy was doing some research and they figured out that in the morning, if you ate a leaf, it would be really acidic. But at nighttime, or like at the end of the day, it would not be near as acidic. Hmm. And so they're like, why is that? And it's because during the whole night, it would be building up that acidity. And then during the whole daytime, they're using up that acid, or rather the carbon that is stored within it, to use in photosynthesis. Maybe this isn't a perfect analogy, but it's almost like a solar battery. Yeah, I think that is actually a very good analogy. That's probably, I think, Alex, that's a perfect analogy. Oh, shit. All right, yeah, I'm a genius. You're a genius, yeah. We don't talk about it a lot. Well, it's because it just seems known. (laughs) So it's just storing its its, uh, materials. Yeah. Until a time when it's more beneficial to use them. Exactly. Or rather, less, uh, maybe more efficient to use them. What did I say? You said more beneficial. Oh, I I think maybe I meant, well, never mind. I probably meant beneficial. It could be either one. Sure. But that, yeah. You're, you're totally right. Like okay. that's, that is a great example. I mean, it, batteries are essentially acids that have to pass over a membrane. So you're not wrong by any definition of the word. What a strange definition. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just like, uh, it is a super like fascinating plant thing. Crassulaceae family plants do this. There's also, there's a couple other means like some grasses will do a different sort of this. It's not the same exact acid metabolism, but it's a little bit different. Yeah. And they like store carbon in like threes or fours rather than certain other numbers. Like there's a lot of these different kind of strategies, but you always find it in these plants that are growing in really arid environments. So I've got a question. Go for it. Why don't, plants in more temperate environments do this if it's like objectively more uh more efficient yeah i you know my guess would be that it costs more energy to get this sorted out sure and if you are an extra step yeah exactly so if you can just grow like crazy and you have enough water, then you don't need to develop water saving techniques near as much. Yeah. So you can just kind of use it. And then if you just use everything you get immediately, you're probably putting more effort into fast growth as opposed to putting more effort into efficient growth. Hmm. And because you can afford to be a little less efficient, you know? Okay. So it's, I think that would probably end up being the answer to that, at least maybe a theoretical answer. I think it sounds good. Yeah, because otherwise... It's, yeah, yeah, it's kind of... it's kind of That makes sense. It's yeah. like, if it's not needed, why would they do it? To, why would they spend the extra energy to do it? Yeah, exactly. Plants and you don't do, really work that way. Yeah, yeah. And, <clears throat> and if you don't have enough space, like, you know, for example, you have only a certain amount of of physical space to store this acid so you can only you have a finite amount of space to fill up with carbon dioxide to be used the next day yeah 
Whereas if you didn't have to worry about storing it, if you're just growing and using it during the day, then there's a, there's like no upper limit to how much carbon you can store because you can just pack it on wherever wherever you can every single day. So you're just gaining more really quickly and storing it, you know, in your roots or you're growing bigger branches or you're putting on bigger diameters, that kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. So that's what I thought was probably saying that's the answer to the question. But that's a very good question. Right on. Well, Casey, yeah. I think we should dovetail from that very good question into a very good review of the saguaro cactus. I think it's a great idea. Here's how it works. We're going to give some final thoughts on this tree. I say that with no air quotes, with no hesitation. You didn't. With I can, a solid, I steady voice. And then give it a rating of 0 to 10. How about this case? 0 to 10 golden spines of honor. Oh, uh, golden areoles. Sure. Of honor. <laughs> uh, as our resident... Desert Dweller, we'll begin with you. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. I I am not uh I'm not a person of the desert. Even though you did call me a resident desert dweller, I will admit I like visiting. I don't like staying there. Yeah. Um I like finding tarantulas in little burrows that I stumble upon i like seeing coyotes run through and foxes run around and birds fly through and all these other gorgeous things and i like walking and finding a teeny tiny little cactus on the edge of a huge cliff and being like hi and then you like going home at the end of the weekend exactly and i also like when clouds happen and sometimes rain happens and it's there's there's a cushiness to to a certain place you know Mm -hmm. here in the pacific northwest very few things are trying to kill you directly or keep you away from them. You know, there are certain things that will be like, please don't touch me. Yeah. I will cause you much havoc. Uh, Cactus and every plant that grows down in this sort of Sonoran desert area is either trying to kill you or making sure that you do not in any way come close to killing it. Mm. Whereas plants up here are more like, eh, whatever. You walk through. I'll grow back. Yeah, exactly. They're just kind of peachy. And I, so I I have to say, I prefer that. Having said that, I have considered getting a tattoo of a saguaro cactus for no other reason than they're so fun and gorgeous looking. I just think they're, I just love them. I think they look rad. And I think that as a, as a non-tree tree tree, or as a tree non-tree, as a thing that grows in an arborescent form and has like this super unique way of living, it, it's gotta be it's gotta be one of the coolest plants to like look into. I got really excited when we decided to do this yeah. because I was like, I want to explore this tree a little bit. And of course, we're only hitting the you know the, the tip of the iceberg. We could talk about all the plants that live off this, you know, the two thousand seeds that it makes, and all the people that live with it, and all these other like cultural and environmental things that come along with it. But we only got a certain amount of time here. That's Alex. that's the challenge with any of these episodes. It's the challenge with all of them. We will always miss some piece of information because we only have an hour and twenty minutes. Exactly. To get everything out there. So this, I'm going to give the Suaro a, a hard eight point one. Nice. I am just taken by them. Yeah. Like They are fearful, but they're also fearless. Hmm. They are really tall, yet also not that tall. But in in their realm, in like the realm of cactus, yeah. they're the biggest in North America. Yeah. There's bigger ones that apparently grow down like South America. Mm. 
there's only one species that grows anywhere outside of the Americas. Did I say really? that? Really? Did not note that? It is a new world, so to speak, plant. Interesting. Yeah. So it certainly evolved here and has stayed here, except for one example. I think it's called uh, Ripsalis baxifera. Huh. I think that's how you would say Where, that. Whereabouts is that? That's South America? Uh, no, that one grows in uh, Sri Lanka and Africa, but oh. it's kind of a small, they call it the mistletoe um, cactus because it kind of looks like mistletoe. Hmm. All the rest grow in uh, the driest parts of the Americas. So going all the way down into um, the gigantic, crazy deserts of um, South America. It's they're really like straight up iconic for the Western Hemisphere. Cool. Um, yeah. So I would say I would say yeah, eight point one because it's it's it is a superlative tree and it grows in a unique way that no other tree can quite claim. Even if it does, um, even if it can't quite compete with other trees, yeah. no other trees grow around here to compete with it. So it's kind of like if if we have to say, <laughs> what is the tree of this place? The answer is the saguaro cactus. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. 8.1 golden spines of honor for the saguaro cactus. From Very Casey pokey showing, I'd say. <laughs> Extremely pokey showing yeah. here, John. <laughs> Alex, uh, happy to hear it. What do you have to say about you know, the saguaro cactus? You know, I said John as that character, as like a, sort of just a general male name. Uh-huh. But your name is John. Yeah, for a lot of people who don't know. Yeah, my first name is John. I uh, there you go, <laughs> Alex. Yes, Casey. As another Sorry, generic named person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uh, what is it that you would say? How would you rate? Uh, <clears throat> how would you rate in a scale of golden spines the swallow cactus? Casey, partway through the episode, I grabbed my completely arbitrary notebook. Does that have an arbitrary FC sticker on it? It does. I love that. This can be found at our merch store, arbitrarypod.com slash merch. We also just got a re-up of patches with and, the same thing. That's right. And t-shirts. One of my favorites. Not of the same thing, but yes. Uh, yes. Gotcha. Yeah. I wrote a couple notes. I saw you were writing those notes. Would you like to share those with us? I would in reverse order. Okay. I wrote down Dune. Oh, I think the saguaro cactus, if we were doing a family tree, uh-huh, uh, uh, segment yeah. where we take characters from a, uh, some sort of fiction and assign them trees uh-huh. based uh-huh. on their personality or physical appearance. Yeah. I think one of the characters of, uh, from the, from the, from the book slash movie Dune uh-huh. would be a saguaro cactus. Which character? Hmm. Maybe Paul Atreides. Ooh. Okay. Or yeah. maybe, maybe his father, uh, uh, uh. Mr. Atreides. Lord Atreides. Yeah, okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Leo. Leo. Okay. Um, because I, you started talking about how they're how efficient they are with their water mm-hmm. and how they don't let out water during the day. They they do their business at night. Yeah. And I started thinking about those little tube, their 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 body suits that can t- that collect their body water. Yeah. And recycle yeah, yeah. it back into their yeah. Very interesting. And okay. I was like, yeah, this thing would this thing would fare good on Dune, yeah, I think. I think you're right. Um, <laughs> this is the most pointless aside ever. Here's my second thing. This is my big thesis of the episode, and I've okay. waited till now. Oh, we we're kind of in this gray area, okay, where we want to call this a tree, but yeah. it's not like scientifically correct. Yeah, and I think there should be some level of scientific correctness okay. to our show because we're a science podcast, ultimately, which uh, is strange to say out loud. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> We've we you and I talk about there you know we have we have firs fir trees yes 
in cedar trees. Correct. But we also have true firs mm. and true cedars. Yes. And the trees that are not true X are hyphenated. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Like a Douglas fir. Yes. Or a China fir. Yeah. Those are the two I can think of off the top of my head. Those are great examples. I think that trees defined scientifically okay. should be true trees. And I think trees as strategy, like the cactus, or dare I say, even the bamboo. That's fine. Should be false trees, but we can just call them trees. Oh, I love that. Like an uppercase tree and a lowercase tree. Yes. But like a white oak, we'll call a true tree. Yes. Okay. That's a true tree. Or tree for sure. Yeah. This is a saguaro false tree. But this is my yes. This is my this is my uh, this is my compromise. Uh huh. So that it, it kind of works it out. So we don't we aren't like spreading misinformation yeah. on our podcast. I love it honestly. Like okay. I think that that it's one of those things that like uh, doesn't make any sense unless you've been having this conversation the whole time, and now you're like that actually. That really makes sense and solves a lot of problems. Yeah, if you've been listening to the podcast since day one, this is dynamite. Yeah, you're either going to love it or you'll be like, nah, I still think that we should we should exclude something. Yes. Which is very fair and Which fine. is fine. I don't mind at all. I, fi- I In fact, sometimes I believe that exclusion is the thing that makes trees, trees. I'm glad you said trees. <laughs> Exclusion's what makes people grow, Alex. <laughs> what were you bullied about again? Clipped. <laughs> Uh, uh, so in, in, okay, in yeah. conclusion, here's my thoughts on the saguaro cactus. Okay. Love it to death. Very nostalgic, classic Americana, classic mm-hmm. Playmobil children's toy. Um, it is like a cartoon yeah. version of a plant. Um, <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> I love it. I love its ribs. I learned about that today. I, did, I just thought it was like a big fleshy mess on the inside. Mm. Um, I like the fact that it grows spines. I think that's very cool. I think that it's the biggest of all the cactus. I give it a very solid 7.5. 7.5. Golden Man, spines. Man, that's incredible. Yeah, golden spines. Very pokey spines. Yes. That's a, that's a pretty good showing. That's a pretty good showing. I feel like someone is going to be so mad at us for giving such such a delightful rating to to a cactus. That is not a tree, technically. And then when they think about, like, like you gave the Japanese maple five? What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's, there's <laughs> no met, real metric here. There is none. They're all completely made up. Oh, I, you won't. <laughs> I thought you were going to say completely arbitrary. Oh, yeah, but that's you can't describe something by using that all you right. know, in it. So, yeah, now this is completely made up. It's like the points in Whose Lines It Anyway? Hmm. It's S- like voting Republican. In- wow. <laughs> I was trying to th- yeah, like Drew Carey always came up with such good jokes for that. Yeah. I can't, I've always wanted to do that on the show, and I've never done it once because I, I can never come up with something. You got to write them. I got to write them. He had teams of writers working for him, Casey. Teams of writers, Drew. Yeah. One of my favorite shows of all time. A classic. I love that show. That's that's one like quote sketch show I can get on board. Oh, with. okay, yeah, all right. That's Even though good. they sometimes make me cringe. Yeah, well, that's yeah. the that's the point of them. In a bad way. Mm. Casey, speaking of games, it's time for a game, and that was our review of the saguaro cactus. 
Oops. <laughs> he just took all of your sentences and put them in reverse order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Casey, today we are playing a brand new game. Oh, right. I came up with the premise. You came up with the name. We're calling this one Five If By Tree. That's meant to be like a foghorn. Ah, ah, yeah. Ah, are those seagulls? Yeah. Here's how this game works, Casey. We are going to go back and forth. Okay. Presenting a single term from mm. the tree world. Okay. Could be anything we've talked about on the podcast. Okay. The opposing player will then give a definition of the tree term in five words, no more, no less. <sighs> okay. Five if by tree. Yes. Very clever. So. All right. I will begin, I reckon. That and I will give good. you a term, and you'll give me a definition. There's really, it's not really a game. It's more like just like a time killer. I it's kind of like, can you do it? Are we? Yeah, it's more like, can you do it? Yeah. Okay, ready, Casey? Oh, Alex, I'm ready. Your first word is cambium. Inner bark vascular system. Conduit. <laughs> That's good. Okay, does that count? Yeah. Uh, inner, that was hard. Cambium is inner bark vascular system conduit. Yes. Man, that is so technical. <laughs> <laughs> just throw technical terms out there. I feel like a part of this also, it like maybe this is just my own pride. Yeah. It needs to flow. It can't just be like random words. Of course. Okay. Yeah, just it needs to be sure. like a little sentence. It's got to be a little something. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. That sounds good. Okay, Casey. Okay. Uh, your word, Alex, yeah. is seed cone. Okay, seed cone. I know it's a little late, but I feel like we should have a timer. Mm. <laughs> Ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit all this out. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it out loud instead of trying to figure it out beforehand. Okay, yeah. Okay, woody box of reproduction. Balls. Woody box of reproduction balls. Woody box of reproduction balls. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That sounds that that sounds good. You can't all a, yeah. A cone is a little woody box of reproduction balls. balls. Okay, yeah. I think that sounds that sounds excellent. <laughs> okay. All right. Your next term. Okay. Is photosynthesis. Oh, okay. Food making process in plants. Very good. Oh, yes. Nice oh, job. Man. Okay. I realize uh, I, I've spent a lot of time, Alex, coming up with uh, with um, what are those poems? Uh, that, Haiku. you know, yeah, haikus. I've done a lot of haikus in my life, and uh, I always have to like think of the syllables. Oh, funny. And so I've like okay, or think of like the syllables, and it's like okay, I can I can do that one, but I have to do this and like move things around. So I just did that right then. I You've just been training for this game your whole yeah, life, my entire Casey. life. Wow. Okay. So we've done it. We've done it now. You once, me twice. Yes. <laughs> okay, Alex, your next term uh-huh. is poem. <gasps> P-O-M-E. Wow. Now, for those of you playing along at home, tell us what you think a poem is. Here's my definition of poem. Okay. You know apples and pears? You know apples and pears. Oh, my God. But with, God. like, a question mark at the end. <laughs> 
that's so good. That's not it. That's that doesn't count, but it counts. Yeah. Oh God, I hate when that happens. Well, let me let me think of a maybe it may possibly a better one. I guess no. So like, I think that one's great. I, okay. Like, I think that's a perfect definition. Like that, okay. that works out great. It tells you. It, I go. I if somebody told me that, but oh, okay, yeah, that kind of thing. See, and that is that is a definition. Yes. I think that is exactly <clears throat> what it should be. It's a colloquial definition. It's a colloquial definition. All wow, right. that was good. That was really good. <laughs> you know, apples and pears. All right, Casey. Uh, your next word. Okay. Is. Wow, why can I not think of a single tree term? Oh yeah, well it's always the same way. Like like uh, you you get in a fight and someone's like, name one example. And when you came into the fight, you had sixteen, and yeah. then in that moment you're, you're just like, like, uh, oh, <laughs> you're stupid. Have you seen Billy on the Street? No, Do you, I don't think so. You know Billy Eichner, the, the, he's an actor. He he just like has this series where he runs around like interviewing people at random things on the streets of New York city. Uh-huh. And he's like, runs up to a woman. She's like, for a dollar, name a white woman. And the girl's like, what? Uh, uh, he's like, for a dollar, <laughs> name a white woman. Name and she's like, I, 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 I do. she can't think of one white woman. Uh, Michelle Obama. Fuck. <laughs> All right, Casey, your next word is, your next term is mycorrhizal fungi. Oh, mycorrhizal fungi. Okay. I kind of want to do this without using my fingers this time. Do it. I'll use mine, though. Okay. Yeah, you use yours. Mycorrhizal fungi. Mycorrhizal fungi. Okay. Uh, mushrooms that suck and blow trees. Is that good? That's six words. <laughs> what? Mushrooms that suck and blow trees. Dang it. Okay. All right. That was too sexual anyway. Uh, I was trying to say, how I do know. I Yeah. How do I go back and forth? Because they, they give and they take. Oh, okay. sure. All right. Sorry. Ah, let me see if I can get this one. I mean, Mushrooms just Mushrooms that live on trees. Great. Yes. We'll take, we'll take the, we'll take the, the, the overtly, uh, sexual part out of it that's that's probably for the thank best thank you Casey. yeah probably for the best point point D- dang earned. it yeah wait i did get it sure okay, i feel like it should be half a point you know the points don't matter though. donnie i went over <laughs> the line kind of thing half a point case yes thank you market zero no point five all right alex well, didn't go over the line i didn't alex these are great questions you i love when he pulls the gun on him <laughs> yeah he's Such like a fucking maniac <laughs> that is true <laughs> Okay, Alex, are you yeah. ready for your next question? I'm so ready. Forest. <gasps> wow. Huge living organism. Wow. Comma many trees. <laughs> okay, comma many trees. I say that it's a, a like living a organism because a, a forest is really, you know, yeah, a, it's, a single thing. It is. It's one thing made, made up of, of many, many things. things. I I gotcha. I would have to say, as a note of as a as a note point of order, mm. I think what you needed was a semicolon, not a comma. Casey. I agree with you. I'm glad you agree. Thank you. In the moment, it's hard to... (laughs) It is. It's hard. Honestly, just go with semicolon every time. It's way underused. How about this? I have another... I have a different definition. Okay. It may be better. All right. Um, 
It's like a wild arboretum. Ooh, wow. That's good. It's like a wild arboretum. It sounds like it's way more than five, but it's only five. Yeah. Incredible. That Alex. big, it has a couple short ones and a couple long ones. Yeah. Yes. A little uh, meter in there is what you're trying to do. That's right. Casey, are you ready for your next I am. definition? I'm, I'm going to blow this one out of the water, Alex. Wow. Uh, are you ready? Okay. Here it is. Okay. I'm ready. Acorn. Acorn. Okay. I've got the perfect one. I always have a great one when it's your turn. Oh, thank you. Uh, Okay, okay. The fruit of an oak. (laughs) The fruit of an oak. (laughs) (laughs) The fruit of an oak. Very good. Yes. All right. Can I tell you mine? Yeah, what was yours? Packed lunch for baby tree. (laughs) It's exactly what it is. (laughs) See? Yeah, yeah, Alex, you're so much more creative than me. Oh, hush. Should we do one more round? Uh, Yeah, I got to do you first, and then we do one more round. Okay, okay. Okay, are you ready? Because you you said one, but it wasn't, I didn't give it to you. Yes. All right, here's my next, here's my next uh, uh, thing. Got it. Pinately compound. Ooh. You know, we couldn't have done this at the beginning of the podcast because you didn't know half the terms. That's true. So now, yeah, this this is, I, I think this is a, a mature game. This is, a, this yes. Is, this is a late season game. This is a game that can only exist in this point in time. Yeah, exactly. Penately compound. Yeah. What are you laughing at, Alex? Okay, ready? Yeah. Double leaves, twice the fun. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that quite works. Mine aren't like really definitions <laughs> mostly. Yeah. yeah, but it's at least getting the getting the description correctly out. Sure. Well, let me let me refine yeah, that. Yeah, cuz that doesn't have quite double they don't have double leaves, I think. Uh, okay. Leaves on both sides. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I right. don't know. I what, like what's it. your you you give one um, for penately compound? Leaves, leaves that turned feathery, man. (laughs) Very good. All right, cool. (laughs) All right, one more round. All right, last round of Five If By Tree. Yes. Alex, what do you got? Your next tree term is Coopersaceae. Cuprasaceae. I always say Cooper. I know it's Cupra. Okay. I all right. Okay. Okay. Is this well one one is an English spelling, the other is a, a British. That's right. Uh, or an American spelling. Yeah. Excuse me. Okay. All right. Let's go. Okay. All right. Um Casey is frozen. <laughs> I am. I've never seen you sit oh, so still. All right. All right. This is gonna be Cypresses and cedars, oh my. Very good. That's what I think it is. Very good. I was really, I had to like stop counting syllables, which is why I was having such a problem. It's <laughs> <laughs> like cypresses and cedar trees. So I feel, I feel way better. Yeah. Now. We should do, we should do next time. We should up the, up the difficulty a little and do five words, but it also has to be 20 syllables. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I don't <clears> think <throat> that we, we'd have to edit out so much dead space. Oh yeah. We're just like counting to try and figure it do out. Do it ahead of time. I feel like this is better served as like a literary adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right, Alex. All right. So your, uh, your last, 
Your last tr- tree term. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yeah. Golden cone of honor. Oh, wow. Coveted prize for best trees. <laughs> That's... And there you have it, folks. <laughs> Coveted prize for best trees. Honestly, we should do this as a as a um, uh, a slogan generator for our podcast. Oh, sometime. sure. Or or just like any point where someone asks us a question. What exactly do you mean by golden cones of honor? I'm like, well, it's a coveted prize for the best trees. For best trees. Yeah. For it's coveted prize for best trees. <laughs> Casey, that was five if by tree. I liked that one. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good fun word game. Casey, it's time for our completely arbitrary. Q&A. And this week, as every week going forward, our questions from the Patreon. You can join the Quercus and Alder, that's Q&A tier, to get your question in the mix. This one's from Carly Weimer. Yeah, that's right. Also, to be clear, we'll answer all these questions. We were just uh, picking some to do on the show, and then all the rest we're going to answer through the Patreon. So it's a guaranteed uh, guaranteed question and answer session. That's right. All right, Alex, what do we got? Carly says, hi, Casey and Alex. Hey, Carly. Here in Chicago, Chicago. Love Chi-Town. <laughs> there's a cemetery, Graceland Cemetery, okay. that has a certified arboretum inside it. Uh-huh. And they have a map you can use for self-guided tours that lists the conifers, deciduous trees, which ones flower, etc. Or which ones flower, that would be angiosperms. That's correct, Alex. <sighs> that was the first time I've ever done it without second-guessing myself. Wow, well done. Are you aware yeah. of other cemeteries or non-botanical locations that also have arboretums huh. as a part of them? Yeah. Should more places do this? Thank you for making this amazing podcast. Oh, shucks. It's brought me much, so much joy. And you two have inspired me to learn how to identify trees. Carly. Thanks, Carly. Oh, I'm so happy to hear it. Every time I hear that, it just, it lifts my heart. I love when people listen to our show and yeah. then like go outside and like, yeah, and like feel like they can, they can like go out and do it. I feel like that's opening people up and I love it. it, it is good. It is great because it's sort of like the whole point, right? Yeah, it really is. It really is. Yeah. Um, Casey, I love this question. It's a great one. Because it really gets me thinking. I love cemetery trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, there have been, I, I like the, the, uh, Lone Fir Cemetery over here. Yeah. In Southeast Portland. And is that what it's called? It is. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I go in there and I like looking at the different trees and they're so big and so old, mm-hmm. but I also wish there was some sort of, besides, besides you giving a tree tour, tree yeah. walk, some sort of, uh, I don't know, some sort of map or some sort of, hey, here's the where this tree is, here's where yeah. this tree is. Um, <laughs> go ahead. There is. There <laughs> at, is. At Lone Fur? At Lone Fur, yeah. Uh, well, I have never seen it, and now I feel a fool. Oh, if you like, if you just Google it and, and look it up, I, a lot of people don't know that it exists. Yeah. But if you just like look up Lone Fur Cemetery, what, what happens there? They have tours. They have all sorts of stuff. Okay. Yeah. But part of Carly's question, do you think this should... This sh- uh, should more places do this? Yeah. That really got me thinking. That's an exciting opportunity. It is. And I, I, I pitched this to you on our break. Yeah. A Disneyland tree tour. Exactly, which I think would be great. My my only problem is the capitalists would be like, nah. Yeah. But yes, of course, that would be a spectacular addition to anything. Have to be kind of under the radar. Yeah, right? Which I don't really think you can be at Disneyland. Yeah, you can't really. You're always literally on a radar. Yeah. So I'm with you. They're like casinos. Yeah. Uh, it's child casinos. Hi, welcome to Disneyland, child <laughs> casino. That's, that's, uh, that's, uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Oh yeah, that's, that is very true. True. Um, 
Great question. The answer is ultimately yes. There's a lot of places that do this. Um, cemeteries are one of the best examples because they are they're park like settings mm-hmm. that are open space that are not being used for anything but housing the dead. Yeah, and you're not going to build houses on top of it. They are usually filled with grasses and things like that. They're obviously. Uh, situations that aren't the case new orleans is the greatest example i can come up with just because their water table is so high you can't just bury people they have to build them up oh shit so there's a lot it's a lot more like uh just spaces where there's these tombs all over the area wow there are also different kinds of cemeteries there yeah there are more like corporate cemeteries that are Mm, very well kept yeah but then there's like I, I love the uh, Pioneer Cemetery at the University of Oregon. Uh, I know exactly the one. Yeah, so awesome. Yeah, and it's, it's just, just like, like a little forest. I was gonna say they they. I remember getting a tour of that place, talking about the trees, and they have like one very well managed, one that's managed for a different area, one that's kind of let gone wild. Like they broke it into these quadrants with different objectives yeah. for their their maintenance and management. Um, but a lot of cemeteries are doing this now. In fact, there's been papers and like um, arguments that people have made saying when we include green spaces, we should be including cemeteries because mm. they're peaceful places for contemplation and people walk through them. Yeah. And often they have these big old trees over the top of them because they were a sacred space. And just like everything in this entire world, trees make some place sacred. They add a certain... Uh, solidarity to a space like if you're sitting there a tree has this quiet strength about it yeah they also have a permanence to them where if you see a big tree it means this place has been here for a long time great point so it gives you this kind of uh this this really spiritual experience and this is why people also like big parks because they have this kind of big experience but the the use of it kind of changes the the feel of it often um but there are places that are specifically um, these non-botanical entities that are adding this next level of programming because they're like, actually, yeah, we have this really good use of space. Why don't we make it somewhat of a of an interesting uh, community space? Yeah. And then they would add in these things. And it's funny that the one thing that gets these people to really focus in on this this kind of this space, is putting labels on the trees. Like, that's what makes people stop and be like, oh, I'm, I want to go in there. Oh, like physical little placards? Yeah, there's yeah. labels on all of the people in there. No one seems to care that much. <laughs> but as soon as you label the trees, the living, growing, big things that are there, mm. all of a sudden it kind of adds this extra layer, you know? Interesting. So, ultimately, the answer to the question is yes. But I think that we should do it on every single street tree. I think we should make cities in and of themselves arboretum. We're growing trees, if you look at it from a certain perspective, as amenities for the the city itself. Yeah, are there not like port like city of Portland tree walks? There are, but okay. they're 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 tree walks. Or tree tours or yeah. maps or something. Oh, there's there's maps, they're they're updating the inventory, there's heritage trees that have plaques on them, but they're they're all kind of like design yourself. Like it's almost like here's the information. If you want to use it, 
go for it. Yeah. Um, if you don't want to use it or you don't know that it's available to be used or you just want to walk around and have it done for you, that, that doesn't really exist. Mm. So in the city of Portland, for example, if you want to look at heritage trees, you can look them up and you can walk around and you can find those heritage trees. If you, though don't know about heritage trees, you're just going to see a random plaque on some gigantic tree and you'll be like, wow, oh, there's heritage trees. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Move on. There's also um, different maps you can use for almost any place, an arboretum, uh, certain parks where they've inventoried all of their trees as well. But having a plaque or having something, um, which before I go too far, I should make a note. An arboretum is kind of a specifically designed uh term. It is a collection of trees, but those trees have to be labeled. There has to be some education component to them and like some research that's happening Mm -hmm. in order for something to be an arboretum. A collection of trees in and of itself, non-arboretum. Garden. Yeah. Or uh, just a park, just a collection of trees growing someplace. Sure. Uh, if you put some labels on it, it puts it up to another level, but really to be an arboretum, you have to have some sort of education or research kind of, you know, wing to it. Okay. And this is like, because there's official, like, you know, uh, arboretum and botanical garden, like kind of certifiers, you know, like, uh, it was noted that it's a, a certified arboretum. It's like part of how they get their funding or something. Yeah. It's like accreditation kind okay. of thing. Yeah. So I could go plant a bunch of trees and say I have an arboretum, but they're like, well, not really. Yeah. You have a bunch of really cool trees. Thumbs up. But it's not an arboretum. It's a false arboretum. It's a false arboretum. You get it, Alex. You get it. <laughs> so um, so in order to kind of up that level, if they put these labels on there and then do research, maybe it's just like, hey, how do these trees grow in this area? What is uh, the best way to manage this tree for this sort of peaceful existence where people are coming here and sitting underneath our trees? You know, you can come up with a thousand different things or um, in climate change where we have all these different crazy trees. How do each one of them work? Um, how many bodies needs to be put around a tree to give it an extra kick of nutrients in 20 years when the pine boxes decompose? You know, there's all sorts of research we can do. Mm. So I think that the more we put labels on trees and the more we, we, we put it out there everywhere, the more people will see them because you can see a tree and be like, I wonder what that tree is. But first off, you may not have any idea how to even figure it out. Yeah. Like if you don't know the first thing to look for, you're going to get on the internet and say, well, what do I search for? Like unknown tree, Belmont <laughs> Avenue, green tree. Yeah, exactly. So if there's a, if there is, if you don't know, then you, you kind of can't know yeah. without some specialized question or, you know, these new apps that are, you know, coming out or like a podcast or a podcast about trees and other related topics. That's a good place to start. Um, so hey, I think, it was for me. Hey, it was. And for a lot of other people, Chelsea included, like yeah. people are looking out at trees and I guess having a label on a tree even if it's not an accredited arboretum, if you go to a campus, college campus, that's another place that has these kinds of things. A lot of corporate places where they've planted a lot of trees and mm. they, it's open to the public, they would have labels on their trees as well just because it's another thing to say, hey, walk around. Look at the cool stuff we have. Here it's right in front of you. Yeah. Don't need to guess. And those kinds of things end up making people more aware of things. Uh, they used to call it plant blindness. I think we've talked about this a few times. Sure. Um, now it is something else. I can't remember the the better term for it. That doesn't. It's not an ableist term. Plant blindness is a little ableist. Yeah. Is the, the big critique. Okay. Um, 
I think it's something like plant of plant awareness deficiency or something like that. Like you're just not aware of the plants around you. Yeah. Now, if there's a label on them, then you're you're automatically a little bit more aware because it's something different. Like you're not just seeing a tree; you're seeing a tree with a label on it. You're like, what's that? What's the label say? And you get that little interest in the, into it. Then. If you start to do this and it's like ingrained in our society, if every tree literally on the street in every park has a name on it, then that gives that tree a name. Once it's named, you have some amount of kind of understanding for it, just like random people versus someone you know personally, you know their name. So you can say, Oh, that's Jessica. Jessica is you know a person that I met one time. I don't even know anything about Jessica, but at least I, I don't want to see Jessica get cut in half by a chainsaw. Same thing with a tree. If you have this ability to see a tree and you're like, man, okay, that's a ponderosa pine. I, I, I can identify the tree. You have just a little bit more emotional connection to it. I'm not talking about massive necessarily. Yeah. Just a small amount. I don't know if I agree with all this, Casey. Yeah? I, I totally appreciate your perspective. And that's, I think, I think, uh, I think it's like, I don't know if I need to know. Well, I guess it's hard for me because I do know a little bit about trees. Uh-huh. I don't know if I need to like, hmm. I think that for me, that feels like it's gamifying the system a little too much. Mm. It's like, in order to be interested in this thing, there has to be a little placard on it that has a little name and piece of information or something. I see, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 would that make you feel good to walk into a park and see that every single tree there has a little piece of metal nailed into it that has the name on it? Ah, yeah. I, I think so. Like personally, yeah? I guess, All I right. guess maybe it's a good step. I think the, the step would be like teach people how to identify trees and skip over the entire like photosynthesis. Don't you remember learning about photosynthesis in school? I know. And you're like, oh, whatever. Barely. You might still think the same thing if instead it was like, let's just go out and learn how to identify the 10 most common trees that are growing right here. Sure. Because that I think is way more approachable rather, rather than this kind of conceptual idea of this weird chemical thing that these trees are doing. It's cool. It's compelling. But I think if there was a label that, that told you something or at least let you kind of interact with the tree on a more personal basis, that it would move the needle a little bit towards you know, something better. You know what might be a good compromise? Hmm? It's like those those little like tabletop placards yeah. at the at the at trailheads. Oh. A little map and like here's what you'll see on this hike. Uh-huh. Like those at the in the entrance to a park. That have like, mm, yeah. here's the species of trees and this is what they look like. Hey, that would be great. Or anything that's around, I guess, like, hey, walk in this quadrant and find 16 different trees. Yeah. Like that would be, I'm either way would work for me. Sure. But in the end of the day, uh, yes, there are plenty of places that are doing this. And I think, yes, way more places should do it. Although I, uh, as you noted, I'm on a far extreme side of You're that. You're a bit of an extremist. I am an extremist. I'm more, I'm a little bit more conservative in terms of that yeah I think in terms of that thing <laughs> the specific example who did you vote for <laughs> thank you so much carly for your question yeah it's a very good question that yeah was that was that was a that was a good conversation fomented a good conversation mm-hmm. uh if you've got a question for us that you think may foment a good conversation as casey said join the patreon at the quercus and all their tier that's q a you can also join the arboretum speaking of arboretums for five bucks a month and get two bonus episodes about other related topics in trees. That's right. 
Also uh, be a part of the Q&A episodes, Casey. That's exactly right. You can also get in the coveted Cone of the Month Club, which is very exciting. About to send those out uh, this month. We're also, uh, that gives you access to all of the previous month's cones with a capital M and a capital C. That's right. Those are stickers, by the way. Exactly. They are stickers. They come in the mail, and you can stick them anywhere. That's right. It's Al- fabulous. Always illustrated by an independent artist and sent to you with love. Every envelope licked by John Casey Clapp. That's right. Or you can join Arbitrary Plus, our brand new live stream tier, and get two live streams a month. One with me and Casey, a fun, chill sesh. Maybe we'll talk about a specific topic. Maybe it's a Q&A episode. Maybe it's uh, we all play a trivia game. Speaking mm-hmm. of trivia, mm-hmm. um, interact with us there. See us live on the interwebs. And one live stream of me playing a plant or tree or nature themed video game. I'm going to get Casey in on one of these sometime. Oh yeah. And I'm going to do it. It's going to be fun. We'll we'll play a little co-op game. Exactly. And both of them, uh, both of those are coming up here in the next couple weeks. So if you want to get in on those, uh, sign up soon and join us. It happens immediately. Yes, and it happens every month. Yeah. You can also join us at the generous admission level, which is uh, just our, our next highest tier. Where we basically, you're just saying, hey, I just want to help support you guys and give you anything that, that you need. Help us put on cool events like the trivia night that we're doing. Help us do cool new live streams and, and add a lot more fun stuff. Because that's, right. that is, uh, that's what we want to do. Ultimately, that's what we're building towards. This next year's uh, going to be exciting. I think so. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Casey, yeah. clap. Alice. Person. <laughs> <laughs> we've you. we've finished another episode of completely arbitrary. We we have this new we have this new f- fucking format and I never know what to say at the end of an episode. Oh it's, gosh. It throws me off every time now. I have <laughs> yeah. to relearn everything. No, just say Thank you, good night, and good luck. Yes, much like the, uh, whatever that guy's name was. Uh, Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite. Yeah. Well, Casey, I, I'm, I'm glad to have talked about this non-tree, mm-hmm. but Me I will too. say next week we're back on our tree bullshit. Yeah, we are. It's going to be some secondary xylem going on. We're going to have some taller than 15 feet, single stem. It's going to be, it's going to be very normal. Wow. With uh, more, more, maybe uh, more. Did you already say secondary growth? Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. I think you said secondary xylem. What oh, is yeah. That? Uh, that's, that's the same thing. Xylem is wood uh, that grows out. So I guess secondary growth would oh. be the thing that is, uh, that produces the xylem. I might have actually messed my terms up there, Alex. That's a good point. Well, I didn't mean to call you out. That's fine. I should be called out. I can't be too flippant with the terms I use or else no one's going to give this any amount of credibility. Well, (laughs) you know, if we were to have lost credibility, it would have happened by now, Casey. Yeah, I suppose you're right. (laughs) Thank you so much, our dear fungal associates, for listening to Completely Arbitrary. We will see you next time. See you later. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. 